Okay. So, uh, with the recent spate of coups in the Sahel, there have been many arguments from Western media about the resurgence of military rule in West Africa. Do you think we're heading towards another period of authoritarian rule in the region? I, I, I think it's, it's too soon, and I definitely do not want to make any predictions, um, especially when it comes to the political landscape in, in the Sahel or in West Africa. One of the reasons why it's hard to make predictions is that uh, there is a lot of uh, volatility, uh, especially when it comes to the security situation. And the security situation is one of the main drivers of the current crisis and the reconfiguration that we see. So it's, it's a hard to, to tell. I know that the ECOWAS and the AU are trying to make sure that we do not see a new resurgence of uh, military coups. And it's, it's, a, it's a worrisome trend that you have so many coups and coup attempts within a very short time frame. Um, so there is Chad and then there was Mali a few times and then there was um, Burkina Faso and the coup attempt in, uh, in Guinea-Bissau as well. Of course there are a lot of differences about what causes these coups across the states but there is also a common trend that we do see. Um, uh, in, most, in most cases you have very young officers who are in their late 30s, early 40s who are part of special forces who are very well trained compared to their other peers and who for some reason believe that since the security situation has improved it is up to them to remove the governments and then you know rebuild the institutions or take care of the, the popular demands of the people. It is as if they see the failure of the government as an indicator that they should um, step in and, and be in charge. But again, all this is unfolding amidst a very volatile situation of insecurity and it's hard to predict what's going to be next. Okay. Uh, you mentioned uh, about, you mentioned ECOWAS and the African Union. So ECOWAS has, of course, um, routinely condemned military seizure of power every time. Uh, it, it has even gone as far as to sanction Mali. Uh, uh, how do you think ECOWAS as a regional organization plays into the prevention of coup d'etats or the, the transition of, from military rule back to democracy, democratic rule? We have to also understand that ECOWAS has limited tools. As a regional organization, it has limited tools. And the tools at its disposal tends to be that of sanctions and pressure. And ECOWAS doesn't have a standing army. And it does get involved in peacekeeping operations, of course, but it doesn't have much of, of the power to coerce. Um, these uh, states or these uh, military regimes. So what it tries to do is make sure that when there is a coup, that uh, there is a quick return to a constitutional order, that the period of transition is uh, short enough that there are elections and a return to constitutional democracy. In that sense, the ECOWAS role is usually after the fact, after the coup has occurred. 
encourage. It doesn't have much tools to prevent coups from happening. Mm -hmm. The other problem that ECOWAS has is that of legitimacy. It's viewed as if, you know, it turns a blind eye when there are constitutional changes, like, you know, uh, limitation of uh, presidential terms, that some presidents who are very active in ECOWAS do change the constitution so they will stay in power. And ECOWAS hasn't been very uh, outspoken in terms of these constitutional coups as, as they're told. And then once there is a military coup, then they um, do put some pressure on states more than others. Um, one example being Chad, for instance, there was not much pressure on Chad after the death of Idris Deby and his son came to power, which is, you know, for all uh, intent and purposes, also a military coup. So there is this uh, imbalance there in terms of how much ECOWAS speaks, depending on whether it's a military coup or constitutional coup, or depending on which country um, these coup occurred. So that criticism of the ECOWAS is, is a valid. At the same time, you know, uh, ECOWAS is also one of the most, I don't know, uh, effective regional organizations in, in, in Africa, at least in many ways even much more effective than the AU. Um, now to transition to the insecurity issue. So of course, um, one, of the, one of the common denominators across the coup d'etat has been the fact that there's the jihadist insurgency, especially in Mali. So, um, what do you think makes the Sahel so like the Sahelian state so unique that it has been unable to confront this insurgency for such a long time now? Well, one of the reasons is that the, the states already have very weak capacities to begin with. Some of these states are very sparsely populated, so you do have larger territory with um, some territories that are not very well populated and where you do not have an effective presence of the state. That does um, leave a vacuum that is easily filled by armed groups, whether they are jihadists or other kind of there's also a lot of grievances um, in, in these areas where you do have some of the populations who for a very long time have felt that they were not part of the concern of the state, that you know the state didn't really meet their demands, which helps with the recruitment from, uh, from these uh, organizations. Then you have the spillover effect that you know a lot of these jihadist groups operate in border areas where they do operate in each of these countries and then there's a spillover effect from, from the neighbors as well. Okay, okay. Uh, of course, there's the question of the French, you know, this with um, Operation Bakan, and then, you know, of course, France Afrique. But um, with the Malian regime undergoing by using anti-French sentiments to stay out the population. Do you think there's a legitimate, do you think there's a legitimate uh, political movement to move away from France or is this just window dressing? Is this just a tool for the regime to legitimate itself in the, in the eyes of the people? 
Well, we have to remember that, you know, the French intervened in Mali at the request of the Malian government. Mm -hmm. So with the Operation Seval in 2012 first. And if the Malian states could actually kick out the French if they wanted to, there's, there is, uh, yes, there's a lot of pressure and there's an imbalance in the power relations between Mali and France, but if the Mali wanted the, the French to leave, I mean, if the Malian government wanted to, the French to leave, they could come out and say forcefully, and the French have no other option to leave. Now, there could be some repercussions, there could be some consequences there, but the Malian do have the power to tell the French to leave and that the French will have no other option than to leave. Yeah. That's one thing. The second thing is, there is a lot of resentment across, not just Mali, but a lot of, there are segments of population in West yeah. Africa who blame the French for a lot of things. And in many ways that is true, of course, there's a lot of legacy of colonialism going on there. Some French corporations that are predatory in how they operate in this country and everything. So you cannot deny that. But at the same time, there is some populism going on there that, you know, uses this lazy explanation of blaming the French for every ill and every problem in these countries. And I think that, you know, that's just a, a shortcut that doesn't benefit anyone. At the end of the day, it's too easy to just blame friends for everything that's not working, whether it's in Mali or in any of these Sahel yeah. states. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so it's undeniable that the coups do enjoy a certain level of popularity. You know, after there's a coup, people go to the streets to welcome the officers into the into the presidential palace. Uh, What's very interesting is that, you know, the same, well, not the same people, but the same public that protested for democracy in the 90s are now welcoming military officers back into the presidential palaces. Uh, what do I have to say to that, uh, that democracy in, in these regions has been so inefficient that people are willing to resort to military rule? I'm actually not convinced that the coups are popular mm. in these countries. I think there was a bar there was an Afrobarometer survey that shows that Africans who were surveyed uh, have said that they prefer democratic systems to military regimes. Now you we see a lot of people, you know, protesting and supporting the military regimes when there's a coup and everything. And just basing our judgment on those images, I, I don't think it, it is enough because what we see is typically those who support the coups, they do so after there is a coup. That's one thing. So it's not like they're going out of the streets and telling the soldiers, we want you to go do a coup. It's like the soldiers come out to a coup and then you have people in the streets supporting uh, the coup. That's one thing. Second thing. It seems that, that it is mostly an urban phenomenon. So it's people in the cities that we see in these images who are in support of these coups. I would be interested to see what's happening in the countryside, in the rural areas. Do the people in the villages, are they in support of these military regimes?
students or not are they interested in in, uh, in seeing um, the numbers there and finally one of the reason why people have become a bit upset about the democratic regimes themselves is that they haven't seen any change any positive change that came out of these elected leaders, um, the, the political class is not renewing itself, it's just recycling itself over and over. And uh, the elections are, give only very limited options of political change uh, in these countries. Therefore, there's some disaffection when it comes to um, electoral democracy. But if electoral democracy was to deliver social democracy to these people with social services that um, they could benefit from these governments then I don't see no I don't see any reason why people would want military regimes. Okay. Um, so of course the response of the French to all this has been to um, announce the end of at least the gradual end of Operation Balkan so announce that gradual withdrawal from the region. Um, with all this rise in interfaith sentiments, both in the populace and in the government. Do you think there's a, we're entering a new phase of French West African relations, or is this still going to be the you know, same old relationship between France and its former colonies? Well, every French president that comes says that they will integrate a new era of French and African states relations, that things will change. Seen any, any change. So, even if France were to leave Mali, I'm not sure that would indicate a change in the relation between France and Africa because then they will withdraw the forces from Mali and then relocate them in Abidjan. And we don't, I don't, I don't think Burkina Faso wants to kick out the French troops. So if the French are not operating in Mali, they probably will still be operating in Burkina Faso against the jihadists as well. So I'm not sure this will be an indication of a new era in French-Africa relations. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all, no? And, uh...